church? Hell no. Are you no longer feeling comfortable in church? This podcast is for individuals who are desperately missing God, but don't know how to find Him. Substance abuse, domestic violence, sex offenses, acrimonious divorce can contribute to discomfort in the church. For these individuals, church is just not an option anymore. Ordained minister Dennis Hall and his guests invite you to listen to this podcast for topics that are inspiring, uplifting, and will bring hope to those who just feel church is not relevant in their lives today. I'm Dennis Hall, and I'm delighted today to be podcasting from Daytona, Florida. Uh, Daytona is the home of the largest motorcycle event in the world, and this is the week when tens of thousands of motorcycles have gathered in Daytona, Florida uh, to celebrate their love of riding uh, motorcycles. And today I have on the podcast with me George Worley. He's been on before. I've brought him back today for a different reason. But uh, uh, George is the pastor of the New Creation uh, Restoration Church and Prison Ministry in Indianapolis, Indiana. And we're delighted to have you here today, George. I'm delighted to be here because God has ordained this moment and brought us all together. Amen. You know, uh, down here in Daytona, Uh, During the motorcycle event, uh, there are a lot of different uh, ministries that we see that are reaching out to the world of motorcycling. And uh, George Worley has been an iconic uh, figure in among ministries down here for for many years. And I wanted to get the chance just to talk with him about uh, what he does and what has brought him to uh, this place in his life. And um, and hopefully I can have him back on later this week. Uh, also, um, you know, it's um, it's just a, a delight to have him here today. And and uh, and I wish I wish you could see what George does uh, down on Main Street here in in Daytona. Uh, it's a Main Street is a place where tens of thousands of bikers gather uh, every day while they're here. And uh, at different times, you can see uh, Pastor George uh, standing on the sidewalk with a a large cross. And uh, we're going to talk about that in a few minutes. But first, I'd just like to ask George just, I guess, some personal questions about uh, about uh, where he was raised and what his childhood was like. And and uh, and we'll go from there. George, tell us a little bit about your upbringing. Well. The upbringing that I had was uh, I lived in Atlanta, Georgia, up until I was about 10 years old. And then we left there and went to Indiana. And when we got to Indiana, my whole life changed. I uh, started associating myself with uh, street clubs and street gangs and uh, uh, different individuals like that. And I was uh, pretty rough raised. Uh, Mom was a good mom, but mom was all for mom. She took care of us kids. But it was uh, a pretty crazy for kids uh, in Indianapolis uh, to be raised on the side of town that I was in. Uh, we lived in poverty uh, most of my life as a child. And uh, there was no reason for it other than mom was uh, full of drugs and alcohol. And that was her lifestyle. So it kind of, I don't want to say it ruined our lifestyle, but it, it changed everything 
about a child's upbringing and about his life and uh, about things that happened. I had six sisters and I, every night we was always wondering about where we was going to eat and how we was going to eat. But I always made sure that my sisters had a meal every night. Although my mom, she took care of all that, but I always made sure they had plenty to eat, that type of thing. But I've always, uh, I've always had a soft heart for my family and the people around me, but I was raised in a pretty rough area. And, uh, you know, I start after, after that, I kind of got hung up in some motorcycle clubs and different things of that. I never actually carried a patch with nobody, but I was associated with a whole lot of, uh, secular motorcycle people. That's a nice word to call them. But, uh, that's kind of like where I was, uh, raised at. Well, George, let me ask you this. Uh, uh, did you think you knew Jesus in the years of your upbringing? At what point did you become knowledgeable about Jesus uh, in your life? Was it early in your life that you had an awareness of God and Jesus, or did that come later? Well, that re- that really came later after a uh, a couple. I, I say a couple stints. A couple stints in prison. Uh, on the second journey, on the first journey, God touched my life and I totally ignored what was going on and his calling and all that type of thing. Well, it wasn't very long, maybe a year, uh, that I was right back in the same situation, almost right back in the same cell, uh, still hearing that voice of God, uh, to do the right thing. So I was 27 years old before I really accepted Jesus and my life really began to change. But uh, from the age of about eight years old till the age of uh, 27, I was in and out of jails and institutions from Indiana to Kentucky uh, to Georgia, just in and out of different institutions. And uh, before it was all with us, been about 17 years of incarceration. Uh, But at the end of that is when I met Jesus and my whole life changed. Well, hey, man, you know, we hear that story not infrequently about from men and women who've been uh, incarcerated and in prison and somehow finding Jesus uh, in prison. Uh, even since I've been here this week, I've met at least two men who told me their story, very similar to Pastor George's story about uh, uh, finding uh, Jesus in prison. Now, Pastor George, you are the pastor of a church up in Indianapolis today. So when you got, when your life changed and and you got out of prison, uh, how did you get into the ministry? Well, you know, I met a ministry when I was incarcerated and it was, the name of the ministry was Unchained Ministry. And uh, the founder was Carl Beadle and I really enjoyed being around him and all the people that was in Unchained. And uh, I wanted to, I finally wanted to be with somebody that had a purpose and a plan and they seemed to have it. They visited with us. And I say with us with several different inmates every week, uh, at the prison and, uh, they encouraged us and strengthened us uh, as we walked in Christ Jesus. But now don't get me wrong. We were mocked and made fun of and different things, but, um, you know, Jesus become number one in my life while I was there. And when I got out with Unchained Ministry, they gave me an opportunity to begin doing motorcycle ministry uh, just everywhere. 
And uh, I started the Bean Blossom Boogie in uh, Indiana. And I just, uh, I just, I started carrying a cross the very first time I was there. And uh, the cross I had was just a couple two by fours. It was nailed together. The one I have today is uh, 12 foot tall and five foot wide. And that's what really got me into ministry. I never, ever planned to be a pastor by any means, but it occurred and it happened. And uh, the Lord told me to park my motorcycle for a year and start this church. And today I'm able to be here in Daytona and I have friends that come in and share the gospel while I'm gone. And uh, I have an overseer of the church and he takes care of business. We call him pistol and he's just a he's just a little bitty guy, but he's a great individual. Him and his wife do the music there. But, you know, that's that's was my whole plan after uh, I realized all the harm that I've done in life through my previous life to my conversion into Jesus. And when I uh, traded the old life for the new life, I wanted to help people like never before. George, that's that's just a wonderful story. And, you know, it's it's sort of speaks to all of us who are. Uh, listening to this podcast today about how our lives can be uh, transformed by Jesus. Uh, all, all we have to do is reach out to him and allow him to enter our lives, and, and we'll sense a, a transformation, a change that, uh, that brings us a level of peace and joy that we could never attain uh, any other way. Your church has what I think is kind of a unique name. A new creation, a restoration church. Uh, how did how did that name come about? Well, Dennis, that name come about because I was on a missions trip in uh, West Virginia, in a little town, a little coal mining town, and we were doing a week week revival. And uh, as we started to go home, I was still searching for a name for our church. And I looked at the guy, his name was Tom Tackett out of Martinsville, Indiana. And I looked at him and I said, why do you have this name? Is it ever going to be used again? He said, no. I said, well, can I use it? Can I incorporate that name into my church so that it will always be used forever? And uh, he said, he said, I'm overwhelmed that you would even ask uh, to use a name that we use for our ministry. So that's really how it all come about was. God created every one of us to be unique in his power and his mercy. And, uh, you know, that I mean, that that's how it all happened is God just put it all together. And I just was obedient to, to God about the church and about watching people's lives change. Now, even prior to that, I was watching people's lives change in motorcycle events and different events, uh, uh, you know, because I've been all over the world. And I use that term. I've been to Kuwait. I went to Kuwait and was there for and did uh, seven underground churches and th uh, three youth groups. And, uh, you know, just had a really good time while I was there. And uh, I've been to Mexico. I've been to uh, uh, El Salvador and Guatemala, places like that, just sharing the gospel of Jesus and watching people's lives change. And uh, since then, that's that, I mean, that's what my life has all been about. Is about watching people's lives change. George, you're you're such an example to uh, so many of us, and uh, so many of us have learned to admire your work. And and even a person like me who may have seen you on Main Street in years past, uh, you know, sometimes we walk by someone who's uh, in what I call 
referred to as street ministry. And we wonder, who is that person? How did they get here? Well, what, what brought them to this point in, in their life? Let me ask you this question uh, we, we, uh, in this podcast. In your church ministry, uh, what's the, um, uh, what do you, if I ask you, what is the most uplifting thing that has ever happened to you in, the, in your church ministry? Well, our, my church ministry, the most exciting thing that ever happens is watching people's lives get saved watch them get sanctified, watch them get filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, watching their whole lives change. And, you know, uh, to make their whole lives change, the whole family has to come. And that's the most exciting thing is to watch the family come together as one unit, loving Jesus and counting on him for the rest of their lives. And that is one of the most exciting things that you can see when you see a whole family change their life well just on the flip side of that yeah you know, I, I like to ask these kind of questions is uh, what's the most disappointing thing what's the most disappointing thing that's ever happened along the way as you've been building your church you know that is that's a very good question dennis and uh the most disappointing thing is to watch somebody come week after week and and their lives never change. They still do the same thing they were doing when they come there, and they try to live a life that is uh, double standards to the Word of God, and uh, you just keep ministering to Him or to them, and uh, they seem to never change or never want to change. But all you, the Word of God said, just keep trying, you know, and what, and then eventually someday you may watch their lives change, but. That is the one of the most disappointing things is when you share the gospel with with people so many years, and then they just for some reason don't get it. You know, I've heard that from other pastors too, Pastor George, and that is uh, standing in the pulpit week after week and bringing the word of God to a congregation. And, uh, and not seeing the kind of movement that you would hope to see in people that you know desperately need to know uh, Jesus Christ uh, personally. I think that's a real challenge for anyone who is uh, pastoring a church is to accept the fact. And, here, and you and I both know this, is sometimes we just plant the seeds and that seed flourishes somewhere else sometime later that we may never get to see. Uh, in that person that we wrung our hands about and worried about, and uh, and uh, and so as you say, you know, we just keep on doing what uh, Jesus has has uh, called us to do. Now you said earlier something about the cross, and when you started um, carrying this wooden cross, and and today for our listeners. Uh, Pastor George can be seen uh, at times here during this famous uh, Daytona Bike Week uh, among, as I said earlier, tens of thousands of bikers gathered down on on Main Street and and see Pastor George, who is uh, carrying and dragging a 12-foot high cross uh, down the sidewalk and eventually uh, stands it up and, and stands there as a witness 
to the love of Jesus. So when did that start? How long have you been doing this, particularly here in Daytona? How long have you been uh, carrying out this, what I'll call this cross ministry? Well, I've been carrying this cross many, tw- uh, 28 years. And a lot of people uh, wonder, well, how do you figure 28 years? Well, when I when I came out of prison, I had uh, we've got six kids, me and my wife, Vera. And uh, I always wanted I was always in and out of their lives, uh, not being a real father, not doing the right stuff and uh, not always being there to raise them. So when I came out of prison, I prayed and I told my wife, which did not want to have another child but said she would do whatever God wanted to do and he would have to be in control of it. So I prayed and I wanted a son that I could raise from, from the day he was born to the day uh, either I go or he goes and raise him up to be the man that he could be. And uh, that day that he was born, I went to bean blossom and started carrying that cross, that two by four cross and uh, sharing the love of God. And, Throughout that 28 years, I've been bringing it to Daytona. I take it to Indianapolis, to different uh, motorcycle rallies, and walk the city of Indianapolis and walk here in Daytona. I I stand a lot. and uh, You know, I'm not real boastful. I don't pass out a bunch of tracks. I don't have a microphone. All I do is let the cross do the ministry. But I've been doing it 28 years. And the son that I always wanted to raise uh, uh, was an associate pastor. In Arkansas, perhaps Keatsy, Arkansas, and now he has moved to Jonesboro, Arkansas, and I'm looking for great things to happen to him. But because of that cross, he is now a minister of the gospel himself. Well, I think we'd all say praise the Lord for that, Pastor George. You know, I'm wondering, uh, I have stood down there at Main Street and watched you and uh, observed that cross. and. Um, you might want to uh, tell us, as the listeners here, including me, uh, what is the reaction to these these bikers? You know, this the, the biker culture is interesting. We have all different types out here. You know, we have the uh, what we call the referred to as the outlaw biker clubs walking down that sidewalk to the to the doctors and lawyers and plumbers and and uh, mechanics and others who are here riding their motorcycles, but all who share the love of motorcycle, all who share the love. And they're down there in the main street. They're celebrating. They're going to concerts. And, and frankly, uh, many of them are drinking. Many of them are drinking too much. And so you have a, a, a very interesting gathering of uh, people there on main street. What is the general reaction uh, of those passing by you to you standing there with the cross you know the reaction that that i get most of the time is mostly positive uh you know people going uh giving me the thumbs up or wanting to bust knuckles together or just shake my hand or uh i've even had them walk up and uh grab the cross and just uh just for some other reason just grab the cross and start like act like they're love with it you know uh Obviously, that was a guy that had too much alcohol, but uh, he realized uh, what his mother had been teaching him all the time. Uh, but now we have that negative side of it, too. We have those individuals that would come by and, uh, you know, go like, why do you, do you think you're even making a uh, 
uh, impact whatsoever. And I said, well, I'm making enough of an impact. You stopped and asked me uh, what I'm doing. And what I'm doing is standing here, allowing the love of God through the cross to affect your life. And, you know, they just they look at me uh, kind of awkwardly. And uh, before the conversation's over, they begin to see the love of God. And I've had them come and I've prayed with them. Uh, I've had I've prayed with them and I had some say that. Well, I'm going home. And I said, why? They said, well, I need to be home with my family right now. You know, just uh, have a whole lot of different uh, feelings about the cross. You know, one evening, uh, I think it was last year when I was down there watching you, uh, I observed a guy who came by and uh, spoke with you and uh, uh, said that you had prayed with him three or four years earlier. And so he recognized you, and he was back again to speak to you, and uh, I overheard him telling you about some things going on in his life uh, that he was not happy about and probably was even ashamed of and uh, asking for your prayers again. So do you find that there are people who've uh, seen you in years past who are back to stand at the foot of the cross with you and, and talk to you again and ask for prayer again? Yeah, I don't want to say I have a whole lot of that, but I have a whole lot of that. A lot of people that have seen me around and realized that I'm not phony. I'm not just I'm just not a weekend warrior. This is really my lifestyle, carrying that cross and uh, being together with Jesus. But uh, even this year, I had an individual that had a motorcycle wreck and uh, he knew that he knew that I that I pr was a praying man and he knew that I love Jesus. And he come over there. Uh, actually, uh, it was Sunday morning, and he said, uh, "He said, Pastor, he said, I just really need you to pray." He says, "I've, I've in a wreck, and I, I'm not hurt, but he said, I sure am pretty shook up and uh, scarred up." And he said, "But I just really want you to pray." And uh, I wouldn't say that he was a hardcore individual. He liked to make him make people think that he is, but uh, really and truly, is just a, a common individual that likes riding motorcycles. But he came. And uh, I just laid hands on him and prayed. And as, as I was praying, big tears fell out of his face. And he looked at me and said that he was raised in a Baptist church. And I will continue talking to him throughout this week about going home and going back to that Baptist church. And, you know, that's what it's all about, is about being able to be a witness and a testimony of the love of God in all of our lives and being able to share that and be boastful about it and be proud about who you are. And I am so proud that Jesus touched my life in 1987, November the 6th, my life changed. And I've been carrying that cross for 28 years, watching other people's life change. Now we're so grateful for uh, you, Pastor George, and, and people like you who are who are courageous enough to be in the street uh, sharing their faith. You know, one of the questions I would have uh, for us, uh, those of us who are believers, um, beyond just praying for people like you and for your ministries, when we see someone standing on a street corner or in the street who's trying to spread the gospel, uh, what can we do to encourage that kind of activity? Well, if they might be pastors or just individuals, whoever's listening to this podcast, uh, 
If you'll just have faith in Christ Jesus, he will put you in a ministry and allow you to uh, minister to folks on your level and allow the love of God to come through you. Or maybe you might be somebody that, uh, that, that doesn't have the love of God at all in you, or you're just searching for God. I would say to you today that in, Ro- in uh, Revelations chapter 12, verse 11, it says, uh, they overcome him by the word of their, by the blood of the lamb and by the word of their testimony. You know, I, I, I tell everybody about where I come from and who I am. And if you, if, if this was a, uh, a video where you could see who I was, uh, you would flip out because most people say, hey, you really love Jesus? Look at you. You look like one of us. Absolutely. And the reason is, is because I'm able to share Jesus on my level with individuals. And there's some you can share your uh, testimony with somebody and their lives will change. Yeah, what Pastor George is referring to is... Uh you know, I, I kind of wish we did have a video here today, Pastor George, because Pastor George would have the appearance of a typical biker out here. You know, uh, uh, if you think about what the typical biker looks like out here, he and I are sitting in a campground right now uh, filled with bikers and motorcycles are going by outside. Almost every one of these guys going by is uh, sporting a beard and tattoos and wearing, you know, uh, headgear that indicates, uh, you know, they're a biker and who they might be with and so forth. And Pastor George has certainly has been a biker for uh, for decades, really, and uh, and he certainly sports that look and uh, and he's the real McCoy and um, and and we love him for everything he does, you know. Uh, uh, later this week, we'll do another podcast from right here in, in Daytona that, uh, you know, where they are hosting what they call the world's largest motorcycle event. And we're going to talk more about uh, uh, some of the issues that street ministries have. Uh, and, and we're going to talk more about their effectiveness. I want to thank uh, Pastor George for uh, sharing his life story with us today, uh, the things that took him to the place where he is standing at the foot of the cross in the middle of a crowded uh, byway filled with tens of thousands of motorcyclists. I think his story has a message for all of us, and we're so delighted to have you here today, Pastor George, and we're delighted for all of you who have listened to this podcast today, and we hope you will look forward to the next podcast that will also be about this subject, and that is those who've been called to spread the gospel in the streets. May God bless you.